You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 346. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. How are you doing, team? I hope that everybody's doing great. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast. And I just have to say, and I think I've said it before, but thank you so much. I have gotten so many nice messages about that podcast I did the other week when I sort of broke down crying at the end. I don't know why I got so emotional. If you did miss it, I believe it was the episode where I talk about turning 50 and embracing all there is to embrace. That was several episodes ago. But anyway, I got so many nice messages, a lot of emails, a lot of DMs from people who said that it made them cry. It made them realize that they were in the same place that I am. And I brought certain things up that made them realize they need to make certain changes as they get to this age. Anyway, all I can say is all of your nice messages were so endearing and so warm. And I just feel like, hey, we are all in this together, ladies. Most of the people who listen to my podcast are women. So if you are a man and you're listening... I do uh, appreciate you too, but I will say that most of the ladies who are listening to this podcast, we do feel a lot of the same things. We are, a lot of us are at the same age, although I do know I have younger clients as well. But again, it's nice to know that we are all not alone in this aging process, and I can't say it enough. Let's embrace it. Let's change the paradigm about aging and especially women aging and what it feels like to be a woman who is getting older and what it looks like because we've got to shift that paradigm. And I think we are the generation to do it. Now, let's move on. Let's talk about 26 natural health and nutrition tips that are actually evidence-based. That is always what I like to talk about most, things that are evidence-based because there are way too many things out there, especially today, especially on social media about fitness, nutrition, that are not evidence-based. And so to me, those are pointless. Those are a waste of our time. But Healthline had this great list of 26 things that are natural. And a lot of these are nutrition tips and they're evidence-based. I liked personally that when I went through every single one, uh, pretty much all of them, I was like, I do that, I teach that, I preach that. All these things that hopefully you're doing or maybe you will be reminded to do when you hear these things because I think it is so important to make sure that you are focusing on your health and on your well-being with lots of natural ways to do that. And I know we live in a time when you can take a supplement, a pill, or let's face it, even a shot right now for so many things, and those might not be the best ways to be your healthiest self and to really work on your well-being. So when I see something like this and it just is sort of advocating what I already preach, but it gives us this exact list, I feel like it helps all of us just as reminders of things that we can do. Now, let's start off with number one. They say you need to limit sugary drinks. 
Now, a lot of us already know this, right? But for how many of us does it start slipping back in, especially after New Year's? Maybe you're coming off your New Year's gig and maybe you're already starting to slip and maybe one of the things you wanted to give up was sugary drinks because it seems like we all give them up for a certain amount of time, but then some people seem to let them seep back in over time. And here's the reality team, that sugary drinks like your sodas and your fruit juices, even those sweetened teas and sweetened coffees from you know where, all of these things are a huge source of added sugar especially in the American diet. And unfortunately, findings from several studies point to sugar-sweetened beverages increasing the risk of heart disease, increasing the risk of type 2 diabetes, even in people who are not carrying excess body fat. So it is something you do need to be very conscious of. Now, sugar-sweetened beverages they even can harm children in terms of their health. And so if you are giving the kiddos a lot of sweetened beverages, it's something you might wanna rethink because it can contribute not only to obesity in children, but also conditions that usually do not develop until adulthood. And so that would be things like type two diabetes, high blood pressure, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. These things will affect children later in life. So it really is ideal to get off all the sugary drinks, to get your children off them too, or at least really limit them. Should not be something you probably have in the house. Maybe it's something special you have when you go out. Healthier alternatives are always going to be, of course, water. You could get an unsweetened tea. You can do the sparkling waters, which a lot of people like. Even a coffee drink that is plain without anything added. Those are always going to be better alternatives to those sweet drinks. Again, even the juice that you might be giving your kiddos loaded in sugar, so you'd really have to limit. Number two, you should be eating nuts and seeds. Now this has been a part of a lot of my recent nutrition programs that in the meal plans, there are always a nut and a seed or a seed, I should say, every single day. Now some people avoid nuts because they think that they are high in fat. Yes, they do have fat. It is a very healthy fat. Nuts and seeds are incredibly nutritious. They can have a lot of protein. They can have a lot of fiber, even vitamins and minerals. So definitely don't avoid nuts because they're high in fat, but have them, I would say, in moderation. There was one large study done that noted that a low intake of nuts and seeds was potentially linked to an increased risk of death from heart disease, stroke, or even type two diabetes. So I always make sure I have a serving of nuts and or seeds every single day. Number three, not a shocker, you really need to avoid ultra processed foods. Now, ultra processed foods, they call them UPFs. These would be foods containing ingredients that are significantly modified from their original form. They generally have things like additives uh, with added sugar, highly refined oil, salt, preservatives, artificial sweeteners, artificial colors, even artificial 
flavors. So you're going to see a lot of these things in snack kind of foods like cakes, fast food, frozen meals, packaged cookies, chips, a lot of things that come in a bag or a box, right? Now the UPS are delicious. They taste great, right? And that is why they are typically over eaten and they activate reward related regions in the brain which can lead to excess calorie consumption and therefore probably weight gain. Now studies show that diets high in these ultra processed foods can contribute to obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and other chronic conditions. Now, in addition to low quality ingredients that they typically include, like the refined oils, added sugar, refined grains, they're also really low in fiber, really low in protein, and really low in micronutrients. They're just a bunch of empty calories. So you got to cut these team. And if you're trying to lose weight, try to cut all ultra processed foods out. And if you're not trying to lose weight, but you're trying to be healthy, try and cut all ultra processed foods out. There are so many other wonderful foods you could be eating that still taste great, very palatable, but are going to have nutrition as well. Number four, you're going to like this one. I just know it. They say that you should not fear. Are you ready? Coffee, oh, thank goodness, right? Now, despite some controversy over it, coffee does have a lot of health benefits. It's rich in antioxidants, and some studies have linked coffee intake to longevity, reduced risk of type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's. So those are some good benefits, right? Now, the most beneficial intake appears to be three to four cups per day, although pregnant people should limit or avoid it completely because it has been linked to low birth weight. However, it's best to consume coffee and any caffeine-based item in moderation because excessive caffeine intake can lead to health issues like insomnia, heart palpitations, things you definitely don't want. If you have insomnia and you're having trouble sleeping, that can then impact weight loss. And that obviously is going to impact your health if you're overweight and trying to shed those pounds. So they say you should really keep your coffee intake to less than four cups per day and avoid high calorie, high sugar additives like those sweeteners and those creamers that everyone puts in their coffee, be a little cautious of that. I would not have four cups of coffee that also have an artificial sweetener in it or some kind of creamer that has artificial ingredients in it. So then you're sort of like, one is good for you, one is not good for you. You're kind of canceling out the benefits there. I personally think one to two cups a day max for coffee. That is what I live by. I have cut myself back to one cup a day, and on weekends, I have two. (laughs) That's my little joy. Number five, recommended that you eat fatty fish because fish is a great source of high-quality protein and also super healthy fat. 
And this is particularly true of fatty fish like salmon, which is loaded with anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids and so many other nutrients. We've talked about it before. I always say the salmon is the best thing you could possibly be eating. It is so healthy. And studies show that people who eat fish regularly have a lower risk for several conditions like heart disease, dementia, and inflammatory bowel disease. Now, one thing that I do, I say it all the time, when I go out to eat, I will often order the salmon always. That has definitely been my goal this year especially because sometimes your eyes wander to something else that you might want, but if you're someone who doesn't cook fish very often, then when you eat out, that is the time. And that is the time to see if they have salmon. So I typically eat salmon when I eat out if that is offered on the menu. Number six, you've really got to do this, team. I think it's the most highly overlooked thing for people's health, and you have to get enough sleep. The importance of getting enough quality sleep cannot be overstated, but yet I think it literally is the one thing that people just think, I'll sleep more tomorrow or this weekend or I'll catch up later or I can sleep when I'm dead. Do you ever hear people say that? It's terrible. (laughs) Your body needs sleep. And poor sleep can drive insulin resistance. It can disrupt your appetite hormones and reduce your physical and mental performance. And what's more, poor sleep is one of the strongest individual risk factors for weight gain and obesity. People who do not get enough sleep, they tend to make food choices that are higher in fat, sugar, and calories, potentially leading to unwanted weight gain. And I always tell people all the time, and I know I've told you a million times, that if you're not getting solid sleep, I'm saying seven to eight hours a night, you probably will struggle if you're trying to lose weight because we do have these growth hormones that are secreted when you're asleep. And if you're not getting this solid quality sleep, you're not getting the release in hormones. So it can really be a detriment to your health and no one feels good on a bad night's sleep, am I right? I don't know how some people do it, but you've got to make sleep a focus if you're trying to work on your health. Number seven, they say you need to feed your gut bacteria. So we have talked about gut bacteria. It's incredibly important for your overall health. A a disruption in gut bacteria can be linked to a lot of chronic diseases, including obesity and several digestive problems. Now, a good way to improve gut health would be to include eating fermented foods like yogurt and sauerkraut. Um, Some people do take a probiotic supplement. I personally don't like the supplement way. I like the real food way. So when you can, stick to things like yogurt and sauerkraut, fermented foods, and also understand that you wanna get a lot of fiber to help your gut bacteria as well. It's something that you definitely don't wanna overlook because your gut bacteria is so important for your health. 
Number eight, they say you need to stay hydrated. Of course you do, right? Hydrate, hydration is so important. Uh, some people overlook hydration just like sleep and staying hydrated helps ensure that your body is functioning optimally basically and that keeps your blood volume at the sufficient level that it needs to be. Drinking water I say it with emphasis, water is the best way to stay hydrated. It's free of calories, it's free of sugar, and guess what, it's free of additives. So even avoid all these waters that have all these things added to them. Uh, you know, this essence, that essence. I mean, some of those are fine. There, there's hint water. I, don't, I haven't had it in so many years. I don't even know if it's still around. It basically had nothing added but a hint of a flavor and there was no extra additives. But really, you, you want to be drinking plain water as often as you can throughout the day. Now, there is no set amount that everyone needs to drink because every person is different. There are different activity levels, different height, different weight. So everybody needs a different amount of water. But you want to make sure that your thirst is adequately quenched. And I always say, if you were to look at your urine, it needs to be light yellow, not clear, not dark yellow, but light yellow. Number nine might be something that you have not thought about. It is something that I learned in the recent years, but you really want to avoid eating heavily charred meat. So meat is definitely nutritious, a healthy part of the diet. I am not a vegetarian. Um, if you are, that is totally fine. You do you, but it is a wonderful way to get a lot of protein in and a lot of rich source nutrients come from meat. However, when meat is charred or burnt, that's where some problems occur. So this charring can lead to the formation of harmful compounds that may increase your risk for certain cancers. So when you cook meat, try not to char or burn it. Also, limit your consumption of red and processed meats like lunch meats and bacon because those are linked to overall cancer risk and colon cancer uh, as well. But meat is okay. You just want to be careful when it is charred or burnt. Definitely something to think about once in a while. Totally fine. Go enjoy that barbecue, but it's just something you want to limit. Number 10, avoid bright lights before sleep. This is a super important one. Maybe you are thinking, oh, I don't sleep well. I don't have good quality sleep. I can't fall asleep. I want to be someone who sleeps well, but I can't. Well, make sure that you are avoiding bright lights before you sleep. When you're exposed to bright lights, which do contain these blue light wavelengths, when you are exposed to this in the evening, it can disrupt your production of the sleep hormone called melatonin, which I'm sure you've heard of. Now, some ways to help reduce your blue light exposure is to wear blue light blocking glasses, especially if you use a computer or other digital screens for long periods of time. And to you definitely want to avoid these digital screens for 30 minutes to an hour before going to bed. Now, I don't plan on getting blue light blocking glasses anytime soon, but I will tell you this. Recently, when um, I've been working on getting the Lean Workout Program launched, which I'm so excited, it launches February 19th, which I believe is the week this podcast will air, 
or actually the week this will launch the week after uh, Lean comes out, then when I was working on that program, I was in front of the computer a long time. Every single day I was editing videos, I was working on audio, I was working on emails, I was working on the platform. And I found that at night, I was not sleeping well. And I think it was definitely because I was literally in front of a screen for way longer periods than I normally am. Maybe I should have been wearing blue light blocking glasses (laughs) during that time. It might have helped my sleep. If you are someone who has to stare at a computer all day long and you do not sleep well, you might consider getting some of those kind of glasses. I think the biggest thing that you definitely can do is avoiding those digital screens. I say at least for an hour before going to bed at night. They recommend 30 minutes, but the longer you can be from time you go to sleep, from when you last looked at a screen, the better. You definitely want to avoid that because this will help your melatonin naturally um, hit the system, basically. As the evening progresses, it's going to help you sleep better. So avoid those phones right before bed. Honestly, don't bring the phones to bed. You should have a charger or something in a different room. So you put the phone away. My guess is you were on it enough during the day that you don't have to bring it to bed. But if you are someone who is struggling with sleep, definitely think about the whole bright light factor. Now, number 11, they say, imagine this, are you ready? Eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. Ah, I say it all the time. I think I say it in every episode, right team? Vegetables and fruits, they are loaded with prebiotic fiber, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. All of these things have serious health impacts when we take all these things naturally with fruit and vegetable, not taking supplements and powders that say they were vegetables and now we put it in a powder. Just eat the real fruit and vegetables. Studies show that people who eat more vegetables and fruits tend to live longer and have a lower risk for heart disease, obesity, and other illnesses. Number 12, another big shock, eat adequate protein. Eating enough protein, we know already, it's vital for optimal health. Our body absolutely needs it. We have to have protein for our cells, for our tissues, for our muscles, right? What's more, this nutrient is particularly important for the maintenance of a moderate body weight because we need some protein in our body that is going to benefit the muscle in our body. And those things together are going to benefit our body weight, help you burn more calories as well. High protein intake can boost your metabolic rate or what they call the calorie burn. And it also makes you feel a little more full. So it's gonna be a little more satiating reducing cravings and even that desire to maybe snack all the time. That's really important. And it's probably another reason that it helps people with, or I should say maintain their body weight. You've got to get enough protein in. Healthy carbohydrates are a very important part of your diet, but getting enough protein is more important. 
Don't stop having carbohydrates, especially healthy carbohydrates, but make sure that your protein is enough because when we eat the carbohydrates, we don't get full. That's not gonna fill you up, but the protein will. Number 13, they say get moving. Doing aerobic exercise like cardio, it's one of the best things you can do for your mental and physical health. It is particularly effective at reducing fat, and they're talking about the harmful type of fat that builds up around your organs. You want to reduce that belly fat because that will also help your metabolic health. According to the Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans, they say you should strive for at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity each week. Let me tell you something, team. As you age, do not stop doing cardiovascular workouts. It is so important. Now, I know there is so much hype right now about, oh, you have to strength train, strength train, strength train, especially women as they get older. You do have to strength train, but you cannot overlook cardio. It is still so important. Now, in the lean workout program, we do a lot of zone two cardio. We do some high intensity cardio, that doesn't mean it's high impact. You can do high intensity without high impact. And both of those things with the strength training, that is how you're definitely going to stay healthy. Number 14, they say you should not smoke or use drugs and you should drink in moderation. Well, I think that's very wise if you're trying to be healthy. I think we know that smoking is harmful and using drugs is harmful. And then there's the alcohol situation. A lot of people drink a lot of alcohol and it's just something that they do. And I think they don't realize that it truly is unhealthy. It is something that they should be cutting back on. If you are someone who went January dry, that's great. But now if you're letting the alcohol back into your diet, and you can see that you went from having one to two when you would drink uh, to three drinks, or if you see the alcohol slipping back into your daily life, be very aware that most people who are very high up in the health world, doctors, whatnot, they say that alcohol is basically poison. It is a toxin. Now I have two to three glasses of wine a week. That is my moderation. I'm not gonna give it up to have two to three. I don't think there's any harm in that. Um, but if you wanted to give it up altogether, it would be even healthier. I personally think two to three drinks a week is all that someone should have. It's just enough. And if you have to have more, you should ask yourself why. Now, are there some occasions where you have more? Yes, that's fine. But honestly, if you're Drinking alcohol to feel a different way, to take the edge off, to help with stress, then you're definitely someone who needs to perhaps look at why you have the stress and are there other ways to get rid of that stress because that stress is also unhealthy. Then you add the toxin on top of it, trying to fix the stress, which it doesn't fix the stress. Now you've got a double whammy of unhealthy. So really please drink in moderation and obviously don't smoke and don't use drugs. <laughs> Number 15, they say you should use extra virgin olive oil. I probably use it every single 
day. Extra virgin olive oil, it is one of the healthiest oils you can use. It's loaded with heart healthy monounsaturated fats and powerful antioxidants. And these things have anti-inflammatory properties. Now, extra virgin olive oil may benefit heart health as people who consume it tend to have a lower risk for, die, for dying from heart attacks, strokes, and who does not need that extra help, right? All from just a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Now, I wouldn't say you should have tons of it. It, again, is something you have to have in moderation, but that is the winning oil when you can. Number 16, you need to minimize your sugar intake because added sugar is in everything. It is in all our modern food. It is in all our modern drinks these days. And a high intake is linked to obesity, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. So you really have to minimize your sugar intake. Be very cautious about all those sugary drinks at Starbucks. I say that because I see people or I see people's food logs that have these Starbucks drinks and they don't ever look at how much sugar is in it until I tell them and then they cannot believe that the drink they've been having every single day for all these years has that much sugar, like almost as much as a soda. And that is pretty much why they have been gaining weight. So be very cautious because this sugar sort of sneaks into a lot of things that you might not realize, and it's higher than you think. So definitely reduce the added sugar. Number 17, you've got to limit refined carbohydrates. Not all carbs are created equal. So a little while ago, I said eat healthy carbs. Don't skip your healthy carbs, right? Refined carbs have been highly processed. And what that means is that the fiber has been removed. They're relatively low in nutrients. They may harm your health when eaten in excess. And most of those ultra processed foods that we talked about are made from refined carbohydrates. Think of things like processed corn, white flour, added sugars. Now, studies show that a diet high in refined carbohydrates may be linked to overeating, weight gain, chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. Now, think about something I said earlier. I said that protein makes you feel full, but carbs do not. Limit, um, the refined carbohydrates especially are gonna leave you feeling hungry. And the reason is because I just said, they took the fiber out of this food. And the fiber is really what makes you feel full. So when you eat these refined carbohydrate, ultra processed foods, you could just keep going and going and going. Because for one, they taste really good. We know that. They've added all kinds of stuff to make it taste amazing. And you never feel full. So you keep eating and eating, eating. Before you know it, the whole bag is gone. So you have to be really cautious and really limit your refined carbohydrates because they are basically just endless calories with zero nutrition. So you gotta swap that for the healthy carbohydrates. Get rid of all of the whites, you know, generally the white bread, the white tortillas, the white pasta. You can swap these things for whole grain bread, 
There's even whole grain pasta. There's edamame pasta. There's other things you can have so that you can still enjoy that type of food, but get rid of the refined carbs. Number 18, they say you should lift weights. And we briefly touched on that, but strength and resistance training are some of the best forms of exercise that you can do in order to strengthen your muscles. And that will help you improve your body composition. Now, it may also lead to certain improvements in metabolic health, including improved insulin sensitivity, meaning your blood sugar levels are going to be a little easier to manage, and also increases in your metabolic rate, or basically how many calories you burn at rest. Now, if you don't have weights, if that's not something you have access to, you can use body weight, you can use resistance bands as well to create that resistance, and you can get a pretty comparable workout with many of the same benefits. So there's this whole thing right now. You have to lift heavy. You have to lift all the time. Women, you got to keep lifting, lifting. And I feel like for some people, it can be a little overwhelming. And also to constantly tell women to lift heavy, I think there's this loss of information, like what is heavy to one person is going to be different than what is heavy for another. Like if I lift five pound weights for bicep curls, but I can get fatigue from that, then maybe that's heavy for me. I'm, it's not, but I'm just giving an example. Whatever is heavy enough to help your muscles get to fatigue level, that's heavy enough for you. But I don't want people to have this mental visual that you have to lift heavy and they're thinking of someone in CrossFit with this huge barbell on their back and they're squatting like, you know, 100 pounds or more. No, that can actually lead to injury potentially. So don't worry so much about how heavy you're lifting. Think about enough resistance, which could be body weight, to get to a level of fatigue. But doing this strength training is so important. Number 19, you got to avoid the artificial trans fats. So artificial trans fats, we know they're super harmful. We've heard it before. They're man-made fats and they are strongly linked to inflammation and heart disease. A lot of companies, like pretty much everyone, it's not allowed to have trans fats in foods anymore. But if you ever see something that does have trans fats in it, definitely avoid it. Number 20, they say that you should use plenty of herbs and spices. Now, there's a variety of herbs and spices today that we can use and that we have access to. So you definitely, it's not like you you can't use herbs and spices. They provide so much flavor and they actually have a lot of health benefits. So an example would be like ginger, turmeric. They both have anti-inflammatory, antioxidant effects. That is so great for your overall health. So a lot of spices have that. And another thing is you can often use these herbs and spices instead of salt. Because as we all know, salt, sodium in your food, also not healthy. So using plenty of herbs and spices is a great way to make your food taste great and to get a lot of anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. Number 21, very important one, not talked about nearly enough, to nurture your social relationships. So Social relationships, like your friends, your family, the loved ones you care about, these are important 
important not only for your mental well-being, but actually for your physical health. Studies show that people who have close friends and family are healthier and live much longer than those who do not. These social relationships are everything. I just got off the phone with a really dear friend just the other day, and just getting off the phone with her, I felt so good, so happy. It was so nice to hear from her. And It's just something that I feel like as we get older, sometimes we get a little stingy with our friends. (laughs) I don't know if you know what I'm saying or talking about, but we get to this place where like, if you don't like someone, you know, they're not going to be in your friend group. And that's true. Like I'm done hanging out with people that I don't enjoy their company, but also Don't get to the point where you don't have any friends, right? You want to have friends and you want to nurture these relationships because they truly are so wonderful. It's such a big part of life. If you're super isolated, if you live alone, if you're not getting out enough and really seeing people, I mean, COVID's over. And even though it's out right now and it's kind of rampant right now, um, I just want to make sure that people are getting back out there. And I... Honestly, I it took me a long time to get back out there after COVID, so I totally understand. But don't isolate yourself. Make sure you're nurturing these social relationships because as studies have shown, it's not just for your mental well-being, it's for your physical health. So do not think that being isolated is working for you because you can do better. You can do better for your health, all right? Number 22, they say, and I really like this, You should occasionally track your food intake. Occasionally. Doesn't have to be forever. I don't want my clients tracking food forever. I tell them that all the time. Some people may benefit from working out how many calories they eat by weighing their food, by using these nutritional trackers. And tracking can provide these insights. And sometimes I think every now and then we need to go back to it because we slip back to old ways. This is a reason I have clients who come back to me. Some people come back to me every quarter. Like they set it up for the whole year that they have a session with me every quarter just to get things dialed back in because we do tend to slip back to old ways. And so when you track your food every now and then, it helps you see, oh, My protein has dropped. I have to get my protein up. Oh, I'm not eating enough fiber. I got to work on my fiber. It tells you about the calorie intake. Oh, I have been eating way too much. I didn't realize that that snack had that many calories. So again, tracking your food occasionally can really help you manage your weight and it can really just help you sort of stay on track so that things don't get out of hand for too long. Because as we know, we get older, it's harder to lose weight. So the faster you start putting it on and the harder it is to lose, you get yourself into a situation where before you know it, you're really struggling. So occasionally, not forever, not always. I really do not like people tracking all the time, but once in a while, it can be very beneficial. Number 23, they want you to get rid of excess belly fat. And we talked about that a little bit already, but excessive abdominal fat or what they call visceral fat 
it's a uniquely harmful type of fat distribution, and it's linked to increased risk of cardiometabolic diseases like type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Now, for this reason, your waist size and waist to hip ratio may be a better marker of health than your actual weight. And we talked about this in an episode once that measuring your waist to hip ratio is a really great way to see how you're doing with your health versus just the number on the scale. Now, if you wanna get rid of excess belly fat, the kinds of things you have to do are you have to reduce those refined carbohydrates. As we said, you wanna increase your protein, you wanna increase your fiber, and you wanna reduce stress. So reducing cortisol, which is that stress hormone, can actually benefit your health and abdominal fat deposition. So there's little strategies that you can do that focus on belly fat. Reduce those refined carbs, eat more protein, eat more fiber, and reduce stress so that cortisol, again, that's that stress hormone, it can actually trigger abdominal fat. So you want to get your cortisol down so you don't have that. Very important for your health to get rid of belly fat. Number 24, avoid restrictive diets. I say it all the time, you guys, don't do these restrictive diets. They are ineffective, they rarely work long-term, and it's going to cause more problems in the end. When you're on a restrictive diet, you might actually lower your metabolic rate, the amount of calories you burn, and that's gonna make it more difficult to lose weight. At the same time, these kind of diets also cause alterations to your hunger and your satiety hormones that make you feel full. So a lot of these fad restrictive diets actually make you hungrier and it may cause even stronger food cravings for foods high in fat, foods high in calories, and foods high in sugar. All of this is just a recipe for yo-yo dieting. Instead of dieting, you guys, just adopt a healthier lifestyle, doing all the things we're talking about today, focusing on nourishing your body with healthy food instead of depriving your body of all the food, which is what so many of these fad diets, these restrictive diets are doing. You wanna eat whole foods, you wanna eat nutritious foods. Those are the foods that are going to be the most filling so that you don't feel starving and hungry all day. The moment you put yourself on a restrictive diet and you are starving, that's the moment that diet is over and you start binging. It is really, really unhealthy to keep putting your body through that cycle. So just avoid the restrictive diets altogether. Number 25, eat whole eggs. I love that one because I love eggs. Now, despite the constant back and forth about eggs and health, it is a myth that eggs are bad for you because of their cholesterol content. Studies show that they have minimal effect on blood cholesterol in the majority of people, and they are a great source of protein and nutrients. Eat the whole egg. You're gonna feel even more full, and you're gonna get incredible protein from that yolk as well. Number 26, the final thing that they think that you should be doing for your health, meditate. 
We know it, we hear it all the time, but we don't make time for it. I'm guilty of it too. Stress is a prevalent part of our society. I can't tell you how many clients I have that tell me how much stress they are under because of a job, typically. Stress has a very negative effect on your health team. Right out flat, it's not healthy to have this much daily stress in your life. It can affect your blood sugar levels, your food choices, susceptibility to sickness, your weight, your fat distribution, as we just said, putting it around the belly. And for this reason, it is so important to find healthy ways to manage your stress. And meditation is one of those ways. There is scientific evidence to support its use for stress management and improving your health. Please take stress seriously. If you are one of those people who is under so much stress and your work is so stressful that you can never do anything nice for yourself. You don't even have time to work out. It's impacting your sleep at night. And that in itself is going to impact your overall health. And I just don't want you to look back when you retire from this stressful career and think, oh my God, now I have illness. I haven't taken care of myself. Now I can't do all the things I wanted to do. I worked so hard all those years to have all this money so that I could retire and enjoy it. And yet you can't now because now you might have illness or have, you know, you've put on so much weight that you have other issues and injuries. Don't get to that point. So be very cautious with your stress and at the very least use meditation to try to help level out those stressful levels. Now here's the thing team, here is the bottom line. A few simple steps like we were talking about today can go a long way to improving your eating patterns, your overall wellness, your overall health. If you're trying to live a healthier life, don't just focus on the food you eat. You have to also look at your exercise, your sleep, your social relationships, all of these things are so important and evidence-based to benefit your overall health. And at the end of the day, without your health, you don't have anything. So those were 26 things that you could start doing. If you're not doing all of them, if you're not doing any of them, focus on maybe one each week. Don't give yourself all 26 to do at one time. Maybe that's overwhelming if you're not doing a lot of these. I know for my clients, you're doing most of these already and it's wonderful, like we're already working on that for you. Just try to incorporate one or two a week. Just be more mindful of these things because that in itself is going to make a difference over time. So small steps make a big change over time, I promise. And that's everything today. That is the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.